Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode 131. Guess what? You're believing lies. I know you are because I did the same thing. Today, I'm going to share five lies that are holding you back from living your best life. In your personal life, in your business life, there are a lot of lies that you are believing right now that are keeping you from reaching your potential. So let me walk you through them. Let me share my mistakes in the hopes that you won't make the same ones. Let me help speak some truth into your lives so that you can get out and live your best life. Are you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Guess what? I know you. You want to know something I know about you? You're not a huge fan of sponsors and ads on your favorite shows. You probably hit that little button to skip through them so that you can just get to the point of the episode. Trust me. I get it. That's why I'm doing something a little outlandish, and I am dropping all of our sponsors for the Gold Digger podcast. Call me radical, call me crazy, but I set out to make a show that was filled with the free education our industries were lacking, and I am jumping right back into alignment with that vision. So this show is brought to you by our totally free guide, Five Easy Ways to Grow Your Email List. You can get your hands on it at jkemaillist.com. That's right, a guide that will get you started help you understand why email lists matter, and teach you to know what to send. My biggest business regret is not starting an email list sooner, so this episode is dedicated to not letting you make the same mistake. Head to jkemaillist.com and get growing that list of yours. Now, what do you say? Are you guys ready to jump into today's episode? Let's do it. Oh boy, I am so excited about today. I know I say that in every show, but let's be honest, if I am going to sit down and record this for you, I better be excited about it. 
And today I want to walk you through some of the lies that we are believing as entrepreneurs. And if you cannot hear the passion through your earbuds, I want for you to listen a little closer. There are so many things as entrepreneurs that are begging for our attention. And along with that, there are so many fears and lies that we start to believe about our potential or about what's worth it or about our ability to succeed. And I think that a lot of times the noise can get so loud that it is hard for us to tune into our intuition, for us to know without a shadow of a doubt that we're doing the right thing, that we're making the right decision or moving in the right direction. And so these things that I'm going to share with you today, they're not just holding us back in our businesses, but they're holding us back in our lives. And I have taught thousands of entrepreneurs all over the world, and I feel like these are the five main things that I keep hearing. The five lies that I just want to speak some truth into and the things that if you can start to get a hold of them, your life is going to change. Now, I didn't learn these lessons the easy way. In fact, I learned them the really, really hard way. And I'm going to share some of my personal stories with these lies so that I can really drive them home in a way that says, I hear you. I see you. I know you're believing this, but here is some truth that can really be breathed in to your lives so that you can hit your potential, so that you can grow as a human being, so that you can grow as a business in a way that you feel free and liberated and passionate. And so I want to put on a hat today, and that is going to be my truth-giving hat. And I want for you to just really get honest about where you're at with these. Maybe you're feeling great. Maybe you're feeling stuck. Maybe you're just not quite sure if this is right for you. And I hope that in opening up about what I've struggled with, I hope that it just kind of helps you to see that you're not alone. At the end of this episode, I want for you to raise your hand and just say, I'm not alone, not alone. I'm not alone, okay? Now, we are all out there chasing our dreams in tandem. We're all parallel to each other in this journey. Whether it looks like someone is way further than you or if you're feeling like you're falling behind, I want for you to know that you are not alone. And so today, let's talk about the things that are holding you back from your best life. Number one, You're believing the lie that outsourcing is not for you, that it cannot help your business or your life. And I know that you might be thinking, well, great, because I don't have the budget to outsource. I don't have any extra money. I can barely pay myself. And I'm here to tell you right now, boldly, you're wrong. What is happening is that if you're believing that you are not worth outsourcing, you're being held back because I guarantee that there are things in your business and in your life that you're getting by on, and maybe you're okay at doing it, but someone else is more gifted or efficient or qualified to do those things. Number two, these things are taking up space. They're taking up mental space. They're taking up time and energy that could be used on a bigger picture, on bigger picture projects, on bigger picture visions, on bigger picture time spent with people you loved. And guess what? A lot of those things might be profit generating. As entrepreneurs, we fall into the trap that we have to do everything and scrape by in order to make ends meet. But when we release this control and allow others in to do work that is in their genius zones and frees us up to do the same, this is where the magic happens. So let me tell you the story 
of the times that I believed that I wasn't able to outsource. The first one was when I was starting out as a wedding photographer. I was shooting 25 and then 27 and then 30 weddings in a six-month span. And I was doing all of my editing on my own. And so basically, I would shoot on a Saturday. I'd start editing on a Sunday. I would edit Sunday through Friday, and then I would shoot and start the whole cycle over again. When I think back to those first years as a photographer, I have a really hard time remembering them because I was tethered to my computer. My computer went everywhere with me. When we would go see our families, my computer was there. When I would wake up in the morning, it was literally on my nightstand. I was always on my computer because it was the only way that I could keep up and not fall behind. I was basically a hamster on this wheel and I couldn't see past the fact that sure, editing is a part of the process, but it doesn't have to be a part of my workload, okay? So what lies were I believing there? I was believing that only I could edit my photos. I was believing that no one could understand the vision like I did. I was believing that I had to touch every single image that I had shot in order to give my clients a great experience. But you know what I realized? When I did the math, I was spending 30 to 40 hours editing a wedding. And if I was telling myself that I was not worth outsourcing, guess how much outsourcing the editing of a wedding would cost? It was about $150. If I didn't believe that in 30 hours of work, I could make an extra $150, who was I kidding? Of course I could do that. And what else could I do with those 30 hours? I could be with my husband. I could catch up on Grey's Anatomy. I could actually sleep. I could generate more revenue through getting more clients. I could serve more clients. So that was the first time I believed the lie. Now, the second time happened a few years later. You'd think, oh, Jenna, well, you outsource once. You're going to get really good at it. But guess what? I didn't. And so when Drew and I went through our first miscarriage, I was the only one running my business. I had a few contractors here and there, but the business relied on me. When I stopped moving, my business stopped moving. And that was a problem especially when grief took over our lives. I remember there was a few weeks where I was just laying on my couch. I had zero desire to post to Instagram or send an email to my email list or to post a blog post. I had nothing to say. I was blank. And I remember the fear of, oh my gosh, I am the breadwinner. And if I stop moving and if this business stops generating profits, we're not going to be able to pay our mortgage. And it took me having to lose control of my life to understand that I could give up some control of my business. Now, my business right now, it has never grown so quickly as it has when I stopped white knuckling it. Are you out there white knuckling your life right now? Are you like that hamster on the wheel just trying to keep running, fearing that you can never take a break or that wheel is going to keep spinning and you're going to spin right off of it? Because here's the thing. When we believe that no one else on earth can do things as well as we can, no one else can email as good as you can or edit as good as you can or post content as good as you can. When we believe that lie, we are being held back in big ways. So I want to ask you some questions and just give you some simple suggestions on where you could start. If you're a photographer, what if you gave up some of your editing? Could you take on more shoots? Could you make more money? 
Could you have more family time? Could you spend more time on your strategies in your business? Could you spend more time resting? And what if you hired an accountant? What if you're a business owner and you just chose to hire an accountant? Could you take on another client or two with the freed up time? Because let's be real, you could also sleep better at night knowing that things had been done correctly. There are other ideas that you could do to get started. You could hire a VA to help you with your inbox. You could hire somebody to help you with tech support, with Facebook ads, with graphic design, with weekly meal services. Hello, guys. Like We love HelloFresh. Why? Because it's easy. It shows up at our door. It saves us time. It saves us energy. House cleaning, web design. There are so many people out there who specialize in each of these things, who love what they do, and who can support you in your business so that you can be freed up to work only in the space of your business where only you can do it. So in episode number 68, I talk about how I outsource, what I outsource, who I outsource to. So if you haven't tuned into that show yet, highly encourage you to go back to that. But here's the thing, guys. You are not meant to do this alone. Okay. And when you can start asking for help, sure, I like editing, but it doesn't mean I like editing a thousand photos from a wedding. You don't have to give up all control. Guess what I did? I started editing the first 200 photos, my favorite 200 pictures, the ones that would show up on the blog and in the slideshow, the ones that I send to my client because I know I've touched them, the favorites of the event. And then guess what? I outsource the rest. So I don't have to lose that piece of my business entirely just because I'm getting help with it. But when I get help with it, I am freed up then to focus on other things. I believe this lie for so long. And I can tell you that I've never felt more free in my business because I have help. I've never made more money in my business because everyone on my team is working where they can work best. You might be focused on the expense of outsourcing, but what you're not valuing is your time, okay? So when you see that you could spend, say, $100 to have somebody come and clean your house for five hours, ask yourself, could I do something in those five hours that would add $100 back into our lives? And if the answer is yes, then that decision should be really easy for you. We've gotten help with lawn care, accountants, graphic design, podcast editing. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. And I have become a masterful delegator because I have realized that outsourcing can help me. It can help my life. It can help my marriage. It can help my business. And in the meantime, I'm able to just focus on the things that only I can do. And let me tell you something. There are very few things in this business that only I can do. And those are the things that I focus on. Number two is saying way too many yeses. Are you a yes person? If you're saying yes, then yes, you probably are. But what I've learned is that no, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. You know, when you're a kid and your parents say, no, 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 don't do that. Or no, don't touch that. Or no, don't go there. We start to attribute the word no to negativity. But the truth is, is that a no can be a gentle no. It can be this little no in your business and in your life because when you say no to different opportunities or different people or different events or clients that might not be the right fit, you are able then to say yes to the people that are, 
to the people that are going to serve your business well, to the people that are going to speak into your life well, to the opportunities that are actually going to move you forward. And if you can stop trying to please everyone and saying too many yeses and being that yes person, you're going to be able to focus on pleasing the right people and working on the right projects. So I share this story often because this was a story that was a time in my life that changed everything. As I said at the beginning of the show, I went from 25 weddings to 27 weddings to 30 weddings in a year. And on that 30 wedding season, I was saying yes to pretty much everything. So much so that I was tethered to my computer all the time and that I was working every single day of the week. I don't think I had a single day off. And so as luck would have it, we were hanging out with my in-laws and I had my computer with, of course, because I had to work because I was so important to what I was doing was so much more important than the people that I loved. And then I had to go to a shoot on a Sunday night. Guess what? I don't work on Sundays anymore, but back to the story. So Drew drove me to the shoot and it was my amazing clients. I had the best clients. This was not their fault. This was me. And I go through the shoot and I was trying to muster up every ounce of energy and be excited and be happy and, and really give them this awesome experience. And as I collapsed into the car, I looked at Drew and I said, do you think they could tell? He said, do you think they could tell what? And I remember I just had tears in my eyes and I felt like weary, weary at the depths of my soul. And I said, do you think they could tell how absolutely exhausted I am? That night I fell asleep on the way home and I started to realize that in saying yes to clients, to work, to more money, that I was saying no to my husband, to our families, to experiences, to presence. All of those yeses were leading me down a path to no's where I was saying no to the things that I valued the most. Can you relate to this? Have you done this? I think a lot of times we start these businesses because we're passionate, right? When we start getting paid to do our passions, it almost feels like monopoly money. Like, how is this real? How is somebody really going to pay me to do what I love? But it very quickly happens when we try to scale and try to take on more that we become a yes person. And a lot of times those yeses equal no's in our lives. And a lot of times we'd be embarrassed to say the things that we're actually saying no to because those are the reasons that we started our businesses in the first place. And so I want for you to realize that busy is not a badge of honor and you, you have to start protecting your yeses so that you can stop attributing your success in being busy and so that you can slow down and be intentional about the areas that you are investing your time in. Nowadays, I say yes very infrequently. I say yes to very, very few things. I've let go of the feeling of FOMO so that I can protect my yeses and so that things that I'm saying yes to first and foremost are my marriage, my family, the people I love, presence, rest. And then after that, I can start making decisions. And guess what? A lot of times it looks like no's. Hey, hey, sorry to jump in here, but I wanted to pop back in with a dose of encouragement and a little extra something something for you. You probably keep hearing top marketers say, it's all in the list, it's all in the list, and you're wondering what list they are talking about. Surely it cannot be your to-do list. 
That's a mile long. They are talking about email lists, and rightfully so. Email marketing is the number one way I drive profits in my business, and to celebrate that simple fact, I created a totally free guide, Five Easy Ways to Grow Your Email List, and you can get your hands on it for free at jkemaillist.com. Again, hop to jkemaillist.com to get your guide, hit pause, get your hands on it, and get more resources all devoted to growing that email list of yours. And then, of course, you can jump back into this awesome episode. Number three is failing to create systems and workflows in your business. Are you reinventing the wheel every single time you get a new client because you believe the lie that you have to give these custom experiences in order to be valued? Trust me, I know creating workflows and systems, it is a lot of work. But sometimes it is easier to sit down, not even sometimes, all the time. It is easier to sit down and create a system, spend one day, one hour even, on creating a system so that you can ease up your time. I always say that you want to work smarter and not harder. And I know that sometimes we're like, oh, I'm just going to get this job done real quick then to take the time and document the process or reflect on ways that you can make things more efficient or save time or keep it easier. But those seconds and those minutes of work that you are going to save add up to hours and hours on the other side. Because outsourcing and systems, that has been the number one way I've been able to hit the pause button in my life. And I've been able to rest as often as I do because here's the thing, guys. When you are reinventing the wheel for every client, for every product, for every service, for everything that you are doing as an entrepreneur, one, you are probably not maintaining a brand standard. Two, you're probably answering the same questions, doing the same things over and over again. And three, you're not understanding that if you actually create a system, Someday you can hand that system off to someone else. So I want to share a few ways that we've created systems in my business. Now, when I first started out as a photographer, I was working full time at Target. I was working over 50, maybe even 60 hours a week. And so here I was burning the candle on both ends. And I knew from the very beginning that I needed to create templates in terms of emails. Because one, every time I got an inquiry, I was trying to reinvent the wheel, trying to type some sort of new greeting. And I realized like, hey, if I just sit down and write a very intentional and thoughtful template, that is going to serve people so much better than trying to come up with something new and creative every single time. And so from the very beginning, I understood the power of templates and I used them. And over the years, oh my word, have we created templates in my business. The thing is, is that when you can create templates, it allows me and my team to have this system so that we're not retyping the same things over and over again as questions and requests as they hit the inbox. And I don't even want to tell you before I outsourced, I had probably 600 unread emails in my inbox. Does anyone else have that big number that just is this weight on your shoulders and you don't even know where to start? You're just so overwhelmed. I remember when I hired Caitlin, I was embarrassed for her to go into my inbox because I couldn't keep up. And I was believing that lie that only I could do things. But guess what? People weren't even getting a response from me. 
how was I doing a better job than if I hired someone else to help me with that, right? So I also created systems with things like social media. So I use sites like Meet Edgar. We had Laura Roeder on the show. I use Tailwind for Pinterest. I use Plan. All of these things are automation tools for social media so that I can literally map out months of social media content all at once if I needed to. So what sites like this do is that you can almost create a resource library. You can import photos, captions, whatever that looks like, and schedule things out so that I'm not the one having to hit publish when I'm putting some new content up. It's already there. It's already loaded. It's already ready. And so when you can look at creating systems using tools that are available to you, man, that's the smartest way that you can invest your time as an entrepreneur. There are so many other ways that we've created systems in my business through automation. We have automated webinars, automated courses. I like to create things once and have them serve people over and over and over again. So whenever I create something, it's never with the idea that it's just going to die after I share it once on social media. I want to create content that is going to stand the test of times so that we can continue to share it months from now, right? Because a lot of times we're just creating these one-off things. We're spending so much time creating it and then we let it die with one Facebook post. Absolutely not. So when you can create systems in your business, oh my gosh, one of the other systems that we do as a whole team is that we implement batch working. And so I'm going to talk about that with number four. Similar to systems and workflows, we like to batch work. And so I want to explain what this means. Now, tell me this. Are you constantly jumping from task to task? Do you have a million tabs open on your Explorer? Are you constantly going from email to Facebook to email to your blog? You're trying to do all of these things all at once and you think that you're a masterful multitasker. Well, guess what? Nobody's good at multitasking. There have been millions of studies that prove this. And so my team and I love to batch work. Now, We can get so wrapped up in what's seemingly urgent on our to-do list, what's hanging out at the top of it, that we don't understand that we could work a lot smarter. So the truth is, what I think is that one, you need to sit down and understand where your time is going to be best spent for the day, but two, you need to batch work. Now, I've talked about this on the show, but here's the thing. What batch working is, is that if you are, say, going to spend the day creating content for your blog, what would happen if you set aside an entire day to focus on that? You could probably write more than one post. You could probably get into the zone of creation. You would know better what you said the last time you published something or what you're going to publish next. You can probably have time to actually strategize things because you're not just producing one thing. The truth is it's way easier to sit down and write three months of emails or record five podcast episodes in a row all at once because you're in the zone, you're prepared, you're ready. I'm sure this makes sense to all of you, but the hard part is actually doing it. You have to block off time in your calendar and keep that commitment to yourself and to your business. It's going to pay off both in quality of work and in time savings. The day that I'm recording this show, I'm recording five shows. I took the time to batch and create five outlines with my team. And then I set aside this day to sit down and record all of them. 
Do you want to know what month it is right now? It is November. Now, I realize that this show is coming out at the end of February, almost March. I am an example of what batch working can do for you because we are able to work so far ahead because of the systems that we've created so that I can have my hand in the strategy for months in advance because I am focused on this one task. My task right now is to create awesome episodes for you to enjoy. And guess what? I can see the bigger picture for once because instead of jumping from task to task, from window to window, I can sit down and focus my energy, focus my efforts, focus my strategy on one piece of my business. So when a lot of people say, well, how do you run such a multifaceted business? It is because I sit down and I block off time in my calendar to focus on each facet one at a time. Now, number five is something that I just have to speak into your life today. So many of us are putting too much worth into our social media accounts. So many of us are putting too much energy into our social media accounts. So many of us are spending too much time on them. Now, it breaks my heart when I hear things like, I spend hours a day curating the perfect feed only to get one follower this month, or hearing that people are getting followed and then unfollowed, and it's so discouraging, and nobody's commenting back, no one's engaging, my followers are a very slow climb. But here's the thing, if you're spending so much time and energy on this, you're probably not focusing on things that are actually going to move the bottom line of your business, not just things like more followers. Instead of looking at how many people follow you, what if you focused on how many sales you're making or how many leads you're generating or how many people are actually engaging with your business? And what if you focused on those people and serving them right where they're at? Now, this always goes back to the thought that we don't own our social media followers. So we have to be investing our time into places that are honestly growing our businesses in big ways. Instead of just focusing so much time and attention onto social media, it's time that we use it intentionally and purposefully. You do not want social media to be your end game, but just a small part of your overall strategy. And can I just tell you from a girl who loves Instagram, that is not where your time is best spent. I love Instagram. I love growing my following. I think there is a ton of worth in that, but I am also not going to waste hours and hours of every single day just trying to do that. I often tell the story that when we do that, when, when we are out there just trying to grow our following, what it's like doing is it's like hosting a dinner party for your closest friends and family. They're all sitting at the table. They're waiting for you to show up and serve them the food. And instead of focusing on those people, instead of pouring into them and creating things that are going to help them or give them joy or make their life easier, you are out there running on the streets, yelling to anyone who will listen that you're hosting this party and you really want them to come. And guess what? Those people might not be your people. They might not be interested. And that's exactly what we're doing on social media when we are so focused on getting more people. And so when my team and I, when we look at, well, was this last month a success? What were our biggest wins? What were things that went really well? We're not looking at the number of followers. Followers are just a means to an end. We want to guide people off from being a follower and convert them into being a client. 
So we're looking at things like new leads. How are we driving sales? How are we serving our audience? And I think that one of those lies that we're holding on to is that our worth is caught up in that number under our name. And I cannot tell you enough that that is not true. You are so much more than that. My story is no more valid because I have over 150,000 followers than it was when I had a thousand. I'm still sharing the same messages, the same stories, the same life. Okay. And so your worthiness does not hinge on if other people are choosing to follow you. And I think that there are so many other places in your life and in your business where you can invest your time and your energy. So I want to walk you through these five again as we wrap up this episode. Number one, you might be believing the lie that outsourcing is not for you, your business, or your life. Total lie. When you can open your hand, when you can loosen that grip, when you can stop white knuckling things, you are going to be open to so many more possibilities, to so much more. I can promise you, I've been there. Maybe you're saying too many yeses. Maybe you think no is a negative thing. And in order to get to where you want to go, you have to say yes to everything. But I can tell you that if you start to protect your yeses, if you start to use the word no as part of your vocabulary every single week, if you make the right decisions, you're going to go way farther and you're going to go way faster. Number three is failing to create systems and workflows within your business. Trust me, I know that sometimes it feels daunting to set them up, but if you set them up once and you set them up right, they can serve you for the weeks and the months and the years to come. And trust me, you are going to do a better job delivering content that is on brand when you sit down and intentionally plan it out instead of trying to one-off it every single time. And next, if you can implement workflows and batching into that, Man, you are going to be able to see the strategy. You're going to be able to work way more focused. You're going to be able to understand that your time is spent so much better when one thing has your attention instead of trying to multitask. And lastly, when you can stop putting your worth into your social media accounts and when you can start focusing on the things that are actually making an impact, that are actually moving that bottom line, you are going to shift your perspective in a way that you never saw possible and you're going to be able to accomplish so much more. Man, what an episode. I hope that today you just feel encouraged to know that you are not alone on this journey. And I want for you to know that when I'm dropping these truths, sometimes I need to hear them just as much as you do. These five things have absolutely transformed my business, my potential, the way I'm working, my lifestyle. And I hope that as I speak these into your lives, you can start to imagine the possibilities for your success. Let my success reflect what is possible for you. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging those big goals. And thank you so much for supporting the Gold Digger movement. If you are a listener and you have an extra minute of your life, could you just take it and leave us a review? I know it sounds silly. I know you probably don't think it makes a difference, but it does. It truly does. And I read every single review that you are leaving. Please just take a minute. Tell me what this show taught you. Tell me how I have poured into your life in any way, shape, or form. It would mean the world to me. I'll be looking for your reviews on iTunes at The Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Thanks for listening to The Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. 
thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.